0: Breaksta
1: Welcome back to Oysters Clams and Cockles, the number one Game of Thrones podcast in the realm for people who party like Tyrion and slay like Daenerys, brought to you by Grand X Media. I'm Ross Bolin here in the Grand X Media Studios in Austin, Texas with Barrett Dudley. What's up, what's up? And Veronica Rock.
2: I'm normally first.
1: You are. I switched it up this week.
2: I don't like that.
1: Stay on your toes.
2: Alright. Well,
1: hello.
3: That's because I'm on I'm on a come-up.
1: Yeah. Barrett caught a come up this week. People are saying I'm an up-and-comer. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Quick announcement. Our new podcast channel, Grand X Labs, is live. The hard launch is today. We've got uh, a podcast breaking down Stranger Things. It's called Touching Things. It's with the Touching Base guys, if you're familiar with them. Touching Base, fantastic podcast from postgradproblems.com. If you watch Stranger Things Season 1 and you're done with it, this podcast is all about that. We've got TFM News. Uh, which is coincidentally starring producer Micah in a non-starring role. Dragon. as <laughs> <laughs> uh, He's reading news, college news, that, that could be entertaining to you. We've got uh, Supps Dog, which is a show featuring Dan Register and Jake Goldman, both of whom have been on this podcast, talking about supplements and fitness, things that do not interest me in particular. Me neither. But nonetheless, it is there for now you. Now to clarify, though, What
3: this is one feed featuring all of these great, different new, great, of great new podcasts.
1: Right. One-offs, potential pilots for maybe things that become a series, things that don't fit anywhere else. It's more
3: of like a testing ground. It's a laboratory. Like an, like where you do experiments? Yeah, like a laboratory. That's why it's oh. called Grand X Labs. Oh, Grand
1: X Labs. Uh, Grand oh, X Labs. Oh, you see sense. what we did
3: there? We're scientists. Wow. Speaking of experiments and soft launches and hard launches and yada yada, we have soft-launched in meetings, my podcast called "Effing Around."
1: <laughs> now you're not aware of this, but we talking actually, about
3: all things Zac Efron.
1: I know you're joking, but in a meeting earlier today that you were not a part of, <laughs> we literally spoke about how we need to make we need to make "Effing Around" happen. <laughs> so this is where it will be. I know. Oh, it, it's perfect for Grand X Labs. It is absolutely going I mean, it's, to happen.
3: It's, it, it's on the slate for Grand X Labs. Yes. We're going to hard launch it later.
1: Yeah, it'll be hard launched. Yeah, it's been soft talked about. Yeah. The final podcast, uh, the final one that's been put on Grand X Labs so far that I wanted to mention is called The Boris Lowe Zone, starring uh, Jared Borislow and his brother Jeff. Jared, who you might be familiar with from this podcast because he ruined an entire episode by doing <laughs> The Throne Zone. Uh, it, this is his show. Yeah, it's, so if,
3: if you thought that was fun, the three of you probably out there, enjoy you, this. You can listen to the Boris it, Zone.
1: It's very strange. I've listened to it, and it is very disturbing. It is. Ve- <laughs> it is. I do not know what else to say about it. But Grand X Labs, subscribe on iTunes. Uh, show some support for the squad. This is the night's rewatch on Oysters, Clams, and Cockles. We're doing a podcast for every episode of Game of Thrones, starting with season one, episode one, leading up to the final season of, the fa- of our favorite show. So we can be as prepared as possible. Take the black and join us. Tell your friends if they haven't gotten involved just because we've knocked out season one doesn't mean you can't hop in with season two, baby. Which we're starting on Monday of next week. Mm -hmm. We're going right into it. Mm -hmm. No sleep. Can't sleep on the wall. That's how the the walkers get through. (laughs) (laughs) Mm. Yeah. Actually, they get through when a dragon comes and knocks the fucking wall down. That's how they really get through.
2: With ice or fire, still unsure. Yeah. Laser beams.
1: Laser beams from their friggin' friggin' mouths. Uh crazy. It's crazy. Indeed. All I wanted was frickin' sharks with
3: laser beams <laughs> on their heads. Little
1: Dr. Evil reference get, for didn't you. Didn't he get sea bass instead? <laughs> yeah. Mutated sea bass. <laughs> but they're, they're, they're like ornery sea bass? Yeah, quite,
3: quite aggressive. Yeah.
1: Uh, follow us on Instagram, at Oysters Clams Cockles. That account continues to grow. Follow us on Twitter, at Clams and Cockles. Great community. Great community. Like us on Facebook.com slash Oysters Clams Cockles. Follow me, Ross, on all social media platforms. <laughs> At W.R. Bolin. My first name is William. That's what the W stands for. Mm. Follow Veronica.
2: At Veronica Ruck. R-U-C-K-H. Twitter and Instagram. V-M Ruck on Snapchat.
3: And follow Barrett. Just doing the damn thing across all social media
1: platforms. At Barrett Dudley. Doing the damn thing. Indeed. You
3: gonna uh, get us sick?
2: No, I'm not I'm not sick. I'm,
1: <laughs> you sound sick.
2: I think <laughs> I might be a little allergic.
1: To? Uh,
2: bullshit, you know? <laughs> okay. 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 Eight six six four
1: three clams is our hotline number. You can call that with a clam fam correction, a question, a take, whatever. Eight six six four three clams. We have a lot of ideas for our nights, Rot- nights rewatch shirt, which will be launching as soon as it has been designed. We are turning these ideas over to a genius designer who is going to make them into a beautiful shirt for all of you people. Once that is available, it will be on grandexshopcom slash OCC, and we will let you know as soon as it is. Now let's get into ClamFam Corrections. We got three calls, all including Clam Fam Corrections, from uh, the last couple of weeks. Uh, and here's call number one.
0: Hey, Clam
4: Fam. this is G.J. from uh, Up on the Wall in Montana. Um, we are listening to the Baylor episode. There are, uh, I just want to throw out a couple corrections. One, the hand that Sir Alistair took to the queen was in fact still moving when he left uh, Ah. Castle Black. So that was why they had that idea. And then during the journey, it became inanimate and like rotted away. The second correction I wanted to talk about was the witch doctor um, who dressed Drogo's wound. The reason it progressed so quickly and a small cut became such a big issue is because when she dressed his wound, she actually poisoned him. Huh! <gasps> which kind of you can kind of get from the dialogue later.
1: That bitch. Right, yeah,
4: she actually poisoned Cal uh, Drogo, which is why uh, the uh, illness and infection progressed so rapidly. All right, guys, thanks. Love the show.
1: So,
3: yeah.
4: Is that true?
3: Okay, yeah, no, no, that part, that's very much implied.
1: Oh. Well, it's even <laughs> more heavily implied in the episode in this we just episode. watched. Yeah, 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 which, yeah, yeah, where she's basically like, nah, fuck these people.
3: But no, the whole thing, yeah, the whole thing is that
2: that witch is a bitch. Yeah,
3: Daenerys trusted this this witch with and really no no reason to trust. Her, right, and the witch the fucked her. Yeah, yeah, Kill, and killed Drogo. Yeah,
1: yeah, and it's for the hand thing. Uh, yeah, no, I mean we were talking about it, saying like it wasn't moving. Apparently, it was. Hmm. So well, mm-hmm. that's
2: like interesting then for this season. What would make them think that that Walker would have stayed alive?
1: Yeah, and their know.
2: new plan when it didn't. Yeah. But it did stay
1: alive now. It's it's a little
2: winter has come. <laughs> Alright,
1: here's the next
4: call.
5: Hey clammers. Uh my Ugh. name's Jesse. I'm from New Jersey and I really just just wanna say you were talking some serious smack about my man uh Maester Uh saying how he's like a fake blind or whatever. Um the dude was blind in real life, I'm pretty sure. uh, his, is- uh the actor who played him, his name's Peter Peter Vaughn or something like that, and uh, he was in his 90s and, and, and like, blind, uh, at least partially blind, and then he, like, died in real life, too, so, uh, yeah, he, he wasn't faking the blind thing, so, so, uh, <laughs> so
6: yeah, love the pod, thanks.
1: Yeah, uh, that's my bad, that's my bad, R.I.P. Peter Vaughn, V-A-U-G-H-A-N? Vaughn. Vaughn? That's just Vaughn. Why is there an extra A in there? That's that's ridiculous. Anyway, he was partially blind, and uh, I I shit on him. I said he acted blind poorly. Well, that was that was inappropriate, (laughs) and incorrect, and wrong. The man could not see, and I said he faked not seeing poorly.
3: I believe I believe that in both real life and in the show, Peter Vaughn is like he's like legally blind. Right. I don't think he's like straight Can't up seeing see black anything at all. Okay, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. I got he you. Just has super, Most people super aren't just seeing black, shitty. I don't think. Well no no no. Full on blind people they they don't see anything.
2: I think they see like, you know, when you close your eyes and it I feel no, like I they don't see a they little see bit. No, no. Nah, nah. They I think they see like Their receptors... if you put light in their eyes that'll still hurt. Like they could still t-
1: No, it like literally won't. That's the whole point. No, I light think you're, doesn't go I in. don't
2: think you're I feel like
1: Look, I'm a fucking optometrist. There are <laughs> levels
3: of blindness. Yeah. You can be like ninety percent blind and hundred percent blind. Shit.
1: There are levels to this shit. Anyway, that's that's on me, Peter. R. I. P. Uh wasn't trying to Yeah, yeah he's a yeah. great actor, man. He's he great, re- he was a great, great
3: character R.I.P. And the scene from the from Baylor is is a fantastic one with yeah. him and John Snow. Mm. So
1: Yeah. Next call.
6: Hey Clam, this is Emma from Louisiana. And I am uh, pretty sure there was a part in the books where uh, Jamie admits to Tyrion that Tysha wasn't actually a whore, that she really was, like, a girl who fell in love with him. I'm pretty sure Jamie tells him that, like, right after he flees him from the dungeon, and then that's why Tyrion goes to kill Tywin, is because Jamie tells him, no, you know, he really just let all of his guards rape this innocent girl who really did love you. So
1: thanks, guys. You're awesome. Bye. Yeah. So I, I mean, I've I read the books, and I read them a long time ago, and I have a very, very bad memory. So I, I don't remember everything, but I do remember that there was like a complication, like a further complication to that situation with Tyrion and Tywin and taisha and that's that's what it was. It's Something along the lines of it's like a double switcheroo, like a double fake out. Okay. And Jamie tells him like, Nah, man, that 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 was legit, and he's just that evil. He huh. gave her to all of his men. Okay. So that's what inspires him to go off his dad on the shitter. But yeah, yeah.
2: Ew! Why would he do that then?
1: Because he's fucking. He hates the. He hates Tyrion.
2: Yeah. That's
1: so mean. Uh, thank you to everybody who called in. Thank you for the clan fan corrections. corrections. Always appreciate those. Keep them were, coming those in. Were good ones this we're week. Gonna, we're gonna make mistakes. We're not perfect. We're just we're just shellfish. <laughs> <laughs> Let's yeah. get into fire and blood written by Benioff and Weiss, the season finale, directed by Alan Taylor, season finale of season one. Starts off in King's Landing, opens up right where the penultimate episode ended with uh, blood dripping from ice, Ned's sword having recently decapitated Ned.
2: that was gross. And you know, when I watched this the first time, I watched it all in a row, season one. I don't know how I would have felt if season one, like the first... I didn't get that moment separate as the first opening scene because it just, you know, flowed when I right. originally watched it. Yeah. That was fucking disgusting. Yeah. This it was a
1: gross opening scene. It's interesting. I can't remember another episode that opens up right where another finished. There is. Mm-hmm. Um, Did it? Might happen this a most other recent times, one.
2: Though. This most recent season. Um, Jamie floating in the r- river and then doesn't it open yeah. right back yeah.
1: Up? yeah. Yeah. Uh huh.
2: I think that's the only one I, other There's one. There's another think example.
1: Of. Yeah. Yeah, so there's obviously more than one, but I couldn't remember It one. is It is unusual, yeah. for sure. Um, just a couple things of note about this scene. The hound is the one who picks up Ned's head, shows it to the crowd. Uh, and... I guess that was the only thing I had to note from the scene. <laughs> Sansa <laughs> literally faints. Yeah, Sansa drops, like just him. passes out cold. Yorin, the guy from the Night's Watch, not to be mistaken for Euron, is right, uh, keeps calling Arya a boy and like the first time I watched this scene I remember being like what is this dude's deal? Like what is he doing? <laughs> it's a little go- like it's not totally obvious that he's right. trying no, to no, protect no, yeah, her. Yeah. Up fr- yep. at first up front you're kind of like okay, this dude's sick and he's like taking her to do something or something anyway. Yeah. Uh he's obviously protecting her, but now in hindsight it's obvious. Was not obvious to me the first time I watched it. Agreed. Uh, we see Ned's headless body being drug away, and Arya does seem to see that. Like, to confirm, like... Because with, with the ending of epi- the penultimate episode, Barrett, we talked about how there was some glimpse of hope. Like, maybe he didn't die. Mm-hmm. Because we don't see his head, we don't see his corpse, we right, don't see right. anything, really. Uh, but this solidifies it. Oh, yeah. Very, very, very clearly.
2: Ned dead.
1: Ned is dead. Um... Then we get into Yorin cutting Arya's hair to disguise her as a boy, which still, as, as this is all going on as a first time watcher, he you're not
2: going like, to kill her or something. I just didn't
1: know what he was doing. Yeah. Like, he's cutting her hair. He's trying to... But then obviously the plan here is he's going to take her with him to join the Night's Watch. What I don't quite understand is how long he thought he'd be able to get away with it. Like You know what I mean? Okay,
3: I, I have I had this thought towards the end of the episode when you know she's yeah me, meets Hot Pie and yeah and Gendry, yeah. um maybe he's just gonna drop her back off in
1: Winterfell on the way to the wall. on the way yeah that, that makes sense.
3: I, I was thinking that makes about a this, lot though. more sense like,
1: than taking her all the way to the wall. I don't
3: think he's gonna take her all the way to the wall. Is he? He's probably just gonna drop her back off at
1: Winterfell. Yeah, surely like a someone, place someone at the wall her. at some point would have caught her. And also, she's a tiny, like, 12-year-old yeah. girl. <laughs> yeah. What's she going to do with the wall? Yeah, how how yeah. much
3: longer is she going to... I don't think that was the plan. I think he was just... That makes sense. ...doing that to get her out of Good King's point. Landing and then disguising her along the way. Because, yeah. you know, she's basically... She's not really safe until
1: she's, she's, home. Back yeah.
3: Into, yeah. she's back home.
1: Yeah. Speaking of Winterfell, back there, Bran has his three-eyed raven dream again. This time, the raven leads him down into the crypt, and he apparently sees Ned there. Um... <laughs> So he has Asha take him down to the crypts because Hodor is too scared. Aww, and Hodor. As Bran is going through the crypts, he kind of takes us through some stark history with each of these statues that he passes. Then they come across Rickon and Shaggy Dog, which I still can't get over the fact that his dog's name is Shaggy Dog. Yeah. The least cool of the dog names. Um is it? Or maybe maybe it is cool? I don't is know. Is it cool? I like Shaggy Dog better than Lady. I just oh yeah, yeah, Lady's rough, but I it Shaggy from it just makes me think of Scooby Doo. Yeah, and then Scooby Doo was a dog, and then Shaggy Dog, and then I don't, I don't it know. It
2: feels too modern. I, yeah, yeah. What does
1: what
3: does Rickon say to uh, to to get Shaggy Dog to scoot? He says uh, he's like, is it? It's either like, come Shaggy Dog, or it just
1: sounds funny. Whatever, yeah, whatever, yeah. however he says it, yeah. Uh, Rickon had the same dream as Brandon.
2: yeah. Let's. Not that why
1: very interesting is he magic?
2: I don't get it.
3: Okay, uh, this is an interesting little wrinkle that they throw in here, yeah, because they rarely visit this again,
4: they if kind, ever,
3: they, they kind of do. They there are a few times where they allude to like John, maybe kind of warging into a ghost a little bit, uh huh. But in all of the Stark kids, like, have this connection somehow right to being able to green sea and being able to warg
1: there's a lot more heavy reference to it in the books yeah
3: that's that's what i understand
1: yeah but this is one of the heaviest ones in the show. Mm-hmm. But where they
2: never go this heavy again.
3: Not really. I don't mm-hmm.
1: think so. Uh-uh. But it's just very interesting that we know what Bran is and what he becomes. Uh, Rickon never really displays any other abilities or anything throughout the show. Mm-hmm. But very clearly, he has some. He's on that connective plane somehow. He definitely did not display an ability to uh, zigzag. No. Nope. No. Not part of the no. green scene <laughs> gift zigzagging. Um. But yeah. Also, his character is just so... Rickon is like this mysterious child in these last mm-hmm, two episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where he yeah, straight yeah. up says. That's right. Mother and father are not, yeah, coming, not coming back, back. Yep. as if he somehow has some sight there. Totally. And then this in the in the mm-hmm. uh, crypts.
2: Yeah. And then does he ever speak again the rest of the show? Like, I don't. Does he have lines yeah, here and there? <laughs> like,
1: you kind of forget about him until he's. you yeah. absolutely
2: forget about him.
1: Yeah. He's 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 the uh you know the he's most insignificant of the Stark children mean, in the yep. show for sure. Um uh, as they exit the crypts, Maester Lewin has gotten a raven informing him that Ned is dead and he tells Bran which I have
2: another question. How does one train a raven to go to the right place?
1: I think it's uh I don't know. <laughs> I just don't it, get it, it. You know, there's you one, would it's think one that, thing that
2: Raven would just fly away and just go wherever the fuck it wants. It's
1: one thing to tie the little note to right. its foot. It's another to have it go to the correct place. Yeah. I, don't I don't know. I have no idea. It's just how that an happens. assumed ability that all ravens are born <laughs> with. In, in, uh, in well, they're like
3: you know, it's like in the leftovers, like those those homing pigeons, carrier or pigeons, carrier pigeons. Yeah,
2: how does that? How do I those do- work?
3: I, I don't know. I'm sure that Wikipedia could. Tell I understand
2: us. how maybe they could get back to where right, they're supposed right, to be To where they're yeah yeah but how do you tell them where the fuck to go unless yeah. it's like you're I'm, in king's landing and you just take a bunch from winterfell and anytime mm-hmm. you need one it, it's just going home <laughs> like i I'm, just don't get it i'm
1: almost positive there's some actual version of this that was used in medieval times yeah i just don't understand it i don't I'm get sure, it i'm sure google could help
5: pretty bird <laughs> pretty bird <laughs>
2: Especially, like...
1: You sold a like dead bird to a blind kid? <laughs> Catelyn Sorry.
2: and Rob are in the middle of fucking nowhere right now. What, did you, like, go find them? Mm, How? Yeah, I don't this know. This doesn't make any sense.
1: Uh, yeah. Anyway. Yeah, speaking of Catelyn curious. and Rob out at the start camp, uh, Catelyn <laughs> finds out Ned is dead and is very distraught, wanders into the woods to to get the support of a tree, where she sees Rob, who is beating the shit out of another tree with his sword, in a display of anger, angst, frustration. <laughs> I don't know, but she—it's th-
2: like the Thrones version of uh, was a, that was punching your pillow. The,
3: uh, yeah, there was an awkward line to me. Rob, you've, you've ruined, ruined your, your sword. <laughs> 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 like, yeah, it was almost like trying kay. to bring
1: some light to the situation. But yeah, he, I sh- guess he, the, the actor who plays Rob, did such a good job with his facial expression of like mm-hmm. ha- just how hurt he was by all, by yeah. his father's death. And Catelyn's line kind of like, it just doesn't really fit. You're it right. Yeah. It was weird. Because it almost came off as like, it's supposed to be a, like a laughing moment.
2: I didn't think that. I think she just like had nothing else to say to him. Yeah. And was makes, like yeah, trying sense. to be like, calm the fuck down. And that was the first thing that came out of her mouth. Uh your sword.
1: Yeah. So Rob vows to kill them all. Uh, them all, meaning the Lannisters, obviously. And the one Baratheon, uh, Joffrey. And Catelyn says, "Well, first we got to get the girls back, because Sansa and Arya are both in the in the weeds still." Yeah. And then we will kill them all, she says. Uh, off at King's Landing, this was a great scene that I had totally forgotten about. There's this singer in the uh, in the throne room, down on the ground playing whatever instrument that is and singing this hilarious song that's about uh, the death of King Robert, and. Se- mixes in several jokes about the Lannisters being evil, referring to them as the lion. He was clearly
3: what 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 I gather this time around on the on the rewatch. He was in a bar
1: or a tavern. Yeah, played the song, singing this song. He's like got, a
2: stand up comedian.
1: Yeah, got ratted out. Got, yeah, yes. Joffrey brings him to the throne room and makes him sing it again because even though this
3: is hard to understand because of everything that we know, right? But Joffrey is very protective of. The Baratheon name yep. and his dead, quote unquote, dad.
1: Yes, yes. So like he he has no real idea that he is not yet Right. Not yet. Right. And this singer is in a bad spot. Yes. Yeah, great, great song, by the way. Very, <laughs> it was funny. very good lyrics. Well sung. Pretty. Un- unfortunately, he is. Uh, it wasn't well, very not, melodic. I wasn't a huge fan. Nope. Well, he's trying to downplay it as much as he can. Okay. Because. Okay. He knows he's fucked. He's not
3: giving. He's not putting on the real. This show is here. not yeah. his performance. Yeah, this okay. <laughs> is
1: just, just
3: for the sake he's of trying getting, to make it seem not as okay. Yeah, he wants yeah. it to
1: seem shittier and not as entertaining <laughs> as it actually is. But regardless, he and uh, Payne cuts out his tongue. Yeah, I mean,
3: and and this scene is basically these next two scenes are just like Joffrey getting evil. Yeah, Joffrey leaning into villainy yeah oh yeah hard
2: shows yeah it shows the, up until now he was just a little pussy bitch and now he's and shown his true evil colors
1: that one in particular the, the, the tongue cutting scene is almost like a prelude to the to what follows which is where he takes sansa to see her father's Ugh. head on a spike and that's the first like pure evil move yeah. we see him make where...
3: Oh, and confirmation right here that, yeah, they killed the Septon, too. The Septon. Yep. Her head's up there right
1: next to you. Yep. Oh, I
2: didn't even notice that.
1: Speaking of which... she well, says it.
2: I, don't, I think I was too, like...
1: Yeah, he, he says... Emotionally it.
2: distraught. Well,
1: the other hilarious thing about this scene is that right next to Septon Mordain is George W. Bush's decapitated head stuck on a spike, and... In the scene of the episode, it's very difficult to notice. You have to pause it right at the right time, and it's turned like three-fourths looking away, <laughs> but it's very much George W. Bush. And in the DVDs, there was an extras scene that shows it very clearly, and HBO got into a lot of hot water because really, Yeah.
2: Wait, is it, it real? It's- yes.
1: It was a George W. Bush mannequin head. Do you have a screen grab a of this? Yeah, please it's all, all, put all this it's all over the internet. All you have to do is google it.
2: Please put this on our social media. I,
1: and I I vaguely remember this back in the day. But Yeah, so it was kind of a big deal and they ended up having to take it out of all the DVDs in the future hmm. and hmm. it's obviously still you're visible in the streaming episode, but uh Yeah, this was back in the days of of where W was uh, still a very <laughs> He was still a very hateable yeah, figure, yeah. and obviously history has smiled much more upon him to make him, you know, look look a lot better. But yeah, fuck, pretty fucked up move. Okay, just a funny thing and very not Game of Thronesy to like break that big of a sure, thing sure. into this into the story. Um, anyway, you, if you want to read more about that, you can Google it. There's tons of stories about it. Wanna well, f- I, I, I
3: want to talk more about Joffrey here because, yes, absolutely. It'll be interesting to see as we as we get into the the, the middle seasons, but I, I, I'm still giving king villain crown to Joffrey here over the uh, uh, of all of all our
2: more than Ramsay,
3: yes, because uh-uh, I, there was <laughs> some there was some like kind of. I don't know, like delicious pleasure in how good Ramsey was. Ew,
2: I don't use the word delicious when it's not referencing food. You know what I, I mean? I hate that. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> okay. Okay. No, uh, there's a difference
3: to me. I can't think of I can't think of a of a of a better word right now. It was.
2: We're just gonna keep going with delicious. No, I'm not gonna
1: use it again <laughs> because because it was enjoyable. You liked watching Ramsey be evil yeah you don't like br- and watching joffrey, joffrey be is, just a, is just
3: annoying. Is just annoying it's just un. i mean it's so grating you like he's so 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 you hateable. hate he's him so much bitch.
2: that's i feel like because it's, well, it's it's his evilness the plus brattiness plus, plus yeah yeah, yeah. it's and the, the bitch assness
1: he all the he you know he can he's like, mother says Mother yeah, says. He's very much a little brat. Yeah. And that is a huge difference between him and Ramsay. But I will say, I do not think it is fair to give either one of them the crown over the other because they're such different roles. Like, yeah. Joffrey is the original most hateable villain on this show yeah. and is hateable with, like, a almost childlike indifference to being evil. Like, yeah. he's he's not fully a, a fully grown man, out doing evil knowing exactly so that's right. that's why right. I said
2: that I think Ramsay is worse because Joffrey like gets put in his place sometimes and you know he's just a little bitch he's gonna get slapped around like who the second you step to him he's gonna bitch out but Ramsay was pure evil that didn't have that like nobody's really he's not afraid of anybody Joffrey's afraid of everybody and
4: well, he's just that tiny. makes him
2: that makes him maybe more hateable but less evil like he's afraid like Tyrion slaps him and he's afraid of his Mm. tiny little uncle like I just
1: well he's a little boy though he's tiny like that's
2: what I'm saying yeah and thats I just
1: don't think it's fair to compare the two that's what I'm saying is like dude just give them both credit for being terrible credible villains really
2: evil Joffrey's also less I mean this is
1: the type of dude Joffrey is for example when Sansa talks back here he doesn't smack her he gets right Right. Sir Marin Trant to smack her back and forth across the face for him. That's not a Ramsey move. That's a Joffrey move. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's very much aware of his own limitations as a little dude who can't fight. He's not a leader. He's not a battle proven at no point in right. his little evil career. He's just the dude who gets other people to do bad shit for him, unless he's killing hookers, which he apparently is okay with doing himself.
2: No, he had the hooker kill each other.
1: No, he shoots that hooker full oh, of one? bolts, full of arrows. Yeah. Oh, after he, she he beats kills, the other one to he death. He kills Ros. Sad. All right. So okay.
3: So and then here's another thing I want to talk about. Uh, I'm I'm watching all this. This episode is 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 very much uh, a losing endeavor for the Starks, dealing with the ramifications of Ned having his head lopped off, <laughs> and it got me thinking. I was trying to think of any instance where the Starks themselves actually are the ones that get vengeance. And the only thing I can think of is Arya killing Walter Frey.
1: Well, Sansa killing it's- Ramsay is some level of vengeance.
3: Okay, on land but oh, on, Lannisters. on Lannisters.
1: Yeah, it hasn't happened yet.
3: Because Tyrion takes care of Tywin. Yeah. Uh-huh. Cersei is still alive. And uh, Jamie's little and Littlefinger plots to kill Joffrey. Yep.
2: It's very like a Disney movie. So they, like they, they, never, they let never
3: let the they actually never get to exact vengeance on the Lannisters. No, it's
1: a really good point. I mean, the the scene where Catelyn tells Rob and then we'll kill them all is so sad because they don't kill they any never of them. kill any of them, and in fact, the Lannisters killed them all. Yeah. Like she and Rob both die at the hands of Lannisters, right. like uh, well, right. you know, third party. Y- yes. But yes. It, it it's yeah knowing that failure is coming is is even rougher
3: yeah so um, i am now I, i'm now I, I, it just i feel like it has uh, th- this makes me feel like it, uh we're gonna a
1: stark n- has to kill cersei
2: i feel like i've always felt that that's way that's
1: the that's the I mean that's why everybody is on board with the Arya train. I think it's got to be her. Or, but or it could be Tyrion.
2: So- like,
1: yeah, or it could be Jaime. Or it could. I there's mean, so many people that could. But kill I her. think Arya is the most likely to kill <laughs> Cersei at this point. Like she's the one who's her. She doesn't really fit into the battle plan of anything else. The North mm-hmm. going yeah. up against the the White Walker army she fits perfectly into the using Peter Baelish's face to gain <laughs> access to King's Landing and eventually finding a way to kill Cersei. Yeah. So, I don't know. I, I would be shocked if we didn't see Arya in Season 8 in King's Landing. That would surprise me a great deal. Yeah. It's too big of a skill, the faceless yeah. man stuff, to not go use it there. You know? I don't know. It, it's just yeah. my opinion. Uh, to cap off this little scene here, there's this part where Joffrey's standing on the bridge just kind of admiring all these heads on spikes still. What a freak. And Sansa has a moment where she realizes, I can push this motherfucker off, and starts to slowly make her way, and the hound stops her. And it's weird because at this point in the show, we don't really know what the hound is driven by, and I don't think he really knows. It's mostly he's just doing his job. Mm Mm-hmm. I don't think he really likes anybody or has any loyalties per se. No. I just don't like either,
2: but I feel like that was still a moment where he was looking out for her. Like, this is a bad fucking idea.
1: Well, because... Why was that a bad idea? Long, to kill Joffrey? Long run, he saved her she's life. she's still
2: going to be... Yeah, she's still going to be she up there with all the rest of the Lannisters. She kills the king. That's not, that's not going to bode well
3: for her.
1: No, she would have died. No, she would... Yeah, but she would have... Also taking out Joffrey. the most evil person, technically. I mean, like compare it to like Hitler, a Hitler situation. If you were, if you had the ability to kill Hitler and you knew it was going to kill you too, you still kill Hitler. One, well, I mean,
3: she feels like she's lost everything here. True. Like, yeah, she got she nothing knows else. To that's live a for. suicide mission. and oh, yeah. she doesn't care.
1: Yeah. So it's just interesting that the Hound is. I'll, I'll go against that even and say that it was just he was like, no, it's my job to keep this kid alive. Right. You're not doing this shit. Yeah. That's yeah. what, I, uh, yeah. I and think then, so, yeah, he throws really? her a bone with like a little bit of advice, like, "Do whatever he wants, or you're gonna get hit more. Keep that fucking cloth. You're gonna need it to wipe more blood off your face down the road." Um, one other note I made is th- this whole scene in in the beginning of the episode, Sansa seeing her, her, you know, dad get his head cut off, being forced to look at his head on a spike. It's so messed up because it's like the least fucked up thing that happens to Sansa for yeah. five more whole seasons. Like she just gets it is nothing but bad shit dumped on her from here on. I really I I'm,
2: I always like support her and I feel like so many people hate on her so much. I'm like, what the fuck okay, is she supposed to do? She had a do? very
1: hateable seventh season. Very hateable because when, when seventh when, season. Yeah, when everything was being sold to us between the Arya and Sansa conflict, Sansa came up. Well, no, that No, was I was Arya. mad at
2: Arya yeah. during that. Yeah, I don't know. Everybody no, just hates Sansa right now for that's like from
1: season 1. That's the only yeah. season that that people are
3: like, I She think, was totally annoying. But it's stuck Sansa. with
2: her with them. Everybody's like, "Yeah, she sucks. She deserve." I'm like, "Are you kidding? She's a little 13-year-old girl I don't really who has a remember, shitty
1: life." I mean, I remember some anti-Sansa it makes me sad i just feel bad for her
3: this little scene right here is actually the first uh, i mean i think it's it's the very beginning of her uh turn right here because she does basically say fuck you and i I will stare at the heads and then she even like claps back at him yeah when she's like you know what else i'm gonna give you i'm gonna give you your brother's head on a spike up there too yeah and he's like or maybe he'll give me yours
1: yeah you old bitch ass yeah, no, Woo! this is definitely her for t- her uh. A but turn sh- for she her has character to here.
2: learn like how to play the game in a whole different fucking way than everybody else. And I think people are like, Oh, Arya such a badass because she's a little fighter. I'm like, guess what? Sansa Dude. lived through all this shit and
1: she deserves a lot of yeah. credit. Yeah. She really does. Yeah.
2: yeah. Anyway.
1: Darn tootin. <laughs> Darn tootin.
2: Darn Tootin. Darn <laughs> Tootin'.
1: Uh, And if you want to sleep Better than Sansa does For the next five seasons or so (laughs) You're going to want to do it On a Lisa mattress Because she doesn't get to But you should Go to lisa.com Slash dragon To get a hundred dollars off Your Lisa mattress right now Uh, All three of us That you are listening to Sleep on Lisa mattresses at night They're an innovative Direct to consumer Online mattress brand That's also socially conscious they uh, donate one mattress to a shelter for every 10 they sell. That's huge. Through their 110 program. They plant one tree for every mattress sold and donate 1% of each employee's time to volunteer for local causes. They're 100% American-made mattresses shipped compressed in a box straight to your door. You can try it for 100 nights risk-free with free shipping always. L-E-E-S-A dot com slash dragon. That'll get you $100 off. Also check out the Sapira mattress by Lisa by going to SapiraSleep.com slash Dragon. That'll get you $200 off a Sapira Dragon, mattress, Dragon. which is actually the one that the three of us sleep on. It is super comfy. It's a combination of their spring technology and memory foam. They also have pillows now, which all three of us got, and they are damn comfortable as well. Uh, so check out the Lisa pillows. They make a damn good pillow. Dragon. Damn good everything. Lisa.com slash Dragon. Dragon. Get better sleep. Sleep better than Sansa between seasons one and seven <laughs> i don't know why we all, I always have to try to connect it to something right, we're gonna take a break we'll be right back keep the episode going
3: hey this is dave and i'm with the dudes doing business podcast we are a business lifestyle podcast for you kids who are about to graduate and anybody who's even you know a few years out of school or maybe you're like a 45 year old man or woman we're for you
0: too Anybody that's trying to figure out how to navigate their professional career, we do hotline calls from listeners and we try to be as insightful as possible while keeping it fun and lighthearted. Yeah, the kids love us. The occasional 90s grunge era skateboard banter as well.
3: Yeah, we might talk grunge. We might talk, you know, pop punk. We might talk, uh, you know, old, uh, old anything, vintage business. Nothing's off limits. We're here for you. If you got questions, we take emails. We got a hotline like Madison said. Just give us a chance to earn your business. That's all we ask for. Find us again. It's at Dudes Doing Biz on Twitter and Instagram. Subscribe, Dudes Doing Business. Thanks.
1: All right, we're back at the uh, at the start camp where the Lords of the North are arguing over who should be king, Rinley or Stannis. So this has become a conversation for them. Who do they back, Rinley or Stannis Baratheon? But then Great John Umber comes in and says, fuck both those guys. We should be independent. We have a king. The only king we need is the king in the north, Rob Stark. This uh, begins the first the king in the north chant that I'm aware of. I think it's the first.
2: It's the first. The king in the north. King in the north.
1: King in the north. King King in the north. If they chant this for you, it is unlikely that good things will follow. (laughs) The only person still alive who's had this chanted for them is John. I I just feel like there's been a hundred of these chants since then. Have there? (laughs) (laughs) This chant breaks out a lot. The king in the north. Maybe it's just me. I say it. I think uh, it's just day-to-day this day-to-day and John. No, it happened. There's For trust me. Who, who else? We will keep uh, the king in the north chant count on our wall okay. with whatever that other th- uh, Arya, Arya kill, kill count, count, and we will keep track. I guarantee you, there are many, many, many more to come. Um, Catelyn goes to see Jamie, who's being held captive, still tied to a post, and has been—he's been roughed up a bit from, I assume, angry soldiers or whoever passers by throwing shit at him kicking him because they all are aware that Ned Stark has been killed by his family I mean he's living that prisoner life living that prisoner life for sure it's not not cocky
2: little shit for somebody living that that prisoner life
1: you gotta respect the with Jamie Lannister he still has swaggering cock yeah he still Uh, has full Jamie swag at this point has not been damaged hand has not been removed he's still this is his attitude for the entirety of his capture.
2: One-handed Jamie is a better person than two-handed oh, Jamie. Oh, significantly better. Like, way better.
1: Yeah, but way less swaggy. Way less Jamie swag.
2: He's still, like, kind of swaggy and not as dickish.
3: Um, There was a good line while they are all declaring uh, Rob the King of the North. They bowed to dragons. That's yes. why the North is no longer independent is because they had to bow to the dragons. They were like, oh, shit, we can't beat these dragons. Yes. Yeah. To the Targaryens. All a, yeah. the dragons are all dead. What they it's time for them to have their independence back. Yes. Mm-hmm. Very good point. Yeah, and uh you know that 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 makes a lot of sense. That that because the, we kind of talk about this a little bit uh in the past about how I mean King's Landing and Dorne is so far south. Like why? Yeah, they, why uh, they gotta, the, the north and, and the Southerners don't really give a shit about the Northerners either. Right. You know, you think about stuff like Cersei telling Ned that he can go live his stupid life up north. Like, yeah. they don't give a shit about that, really. Like, And
2: the north is, like, way bigger than the whole rest of the... Yeah. So I mean, I mean can- and how many times
1: we- in history has this happened? Think about even the Americas and uh, or the United States of America and Britain situation. Mm-hmm. You don't, you don't want to be ruled by somebody that far away from you. It makes right, no sense right, at all.
3: Right, exactly. Taxation without um, representation, bruh you know and and, and it, it kind of got me thinking about the scene in uh in, in Baylor when Tyrion is talking to Tywin and they kind of they allude to how different the war could have been had Joffrey not
4: killed, killed Ned. Ned. Yeah.
3: Like then they might have been able to as uh Uncle Kevin says sue for peace. Right. Yeah. And maybe settle up with the north and just be like fine like go do y- your thing. Y'all do your thing. We'll part ways here, and then the ba- then the war would have just been between the Baratheons and the Lannisters down yep. in the south. Yeah, but that's not what happens, is it? No,
1: no it, is not. it sure isn't. No, it is not. Uh, one other thing from the scene where Catelyn uh, confronts Jamie, hits him in the face of the rock. Jamie admits here, which I had forgotten, he admits to Cat that he did push Bran out the window, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and that he had hoped the fall would kill him. But won't say why. But he does not say why. Does not say why, which okay. I found to be interesting. He, It's almost torturing her a little more. Just like, no, nah, fuck you, like I'm not going to tell you
2: It's a secret, though, right now. Is even... Is, oh, yeah. No, it's, it's... Is the rumor even out yet? I mean, I don't a know. A little
1: bit, I think, but not fully okay. substantiated like it is later.
3: Uh, the other thing I thought was interesting here is he says, you know, like, if all your gods are so true and yada, yada, like, then why is there so much injustice in the world? And she says, because of men, men like you... And then he says, "There aren't. There are no there m- are other no men, men like me. Like me only, just me, only, only me. me. Yeah. What? Uh, what? I didn't. I.
1: I, I tried think to read it's into still that. still, a but... level of like a level of ego and cockiness. like, there is nobody else like me. Hmm. Like there, there's there's. He sees himself as more complicated, cool, powerful, swaggy, whatever you want to call it, than than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And I don't. I like. The, the, I don't think he sees himself as a guy who's can be classified as just bad, like a bad guy." Or good guy, I think okay. he finds himself somewhere so it, in between.
3: You, yeah, so because I kind of felt that way too. Like yeah. maybe it does kind of reference the fact that he's not that he's really kind of a gray character. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, you know? very much so at yeah, this point. So. Yeah, yeah. And speaking of the whole Jamie situation, uh, him being gone back in King's Landing, it did not take Cersei long to replace him with another Lannister, which, Lannister as lover. we know, is Lancel Lannister, Lannister the cousin. God. formerly Robert's cupbearer, formerly Robert squire, and uh, the skinniest human being I have ever seen naked in my entire life.
2: I, how, how do you go from Jamie to that? Feed I, I that wanna, man. I
3: don't want to shit on the actor uh, Lancel Lannister is played by, but yet this guy is, uh, I
1: mean... Help yourself to a fucking cheeseburger. He's
3: just not sexy, man. No. no. No, he's got that it re- stringy looks ass, like dumb hair, or yeah. maybe it's a wig.
1: That I don't hair
2: know. is bad. He looks like he's got to be he's seventeen this years little, old.
3: Tiny little, skinny yep. little twig. No ass. No ass. No nothing, man. Nothing. No nothing. He looks like a he's a kid. little boy. He
1: looks like a little boy. What the
3: fuck is Cersei doing? Yeah, what? He, is how she is doing? she
1: even having sex with that? Why?
3: How is she attracted
1: to that? Why? Very, very weird. Uh, it makes really no sense and thank God he does seem to m- get a little meatier as he joins later on and goes down the, the road no he does yeah. he fills out he yeah. looks
2: way better later shouts, shouts, to, shouts to
1: actor for Lanzel Lannister
3: for filling out and you know hitting, the, hitting the squat rack because shit um, man at this point it looked like he'd been starved yeah
1: not good but yeah anyway. what's
3: up I mean I, Cersei clearly likes to keep it in the family which is weird
1: yeah, yeah, and there's there's more detail to the Lancel relationship in the books, too, Okay, that you really? can look up. There, it's it's a little more in-depth. Like, in the show, this is the first scene we see them together, and then there's a few other times it comes up, mm-hmm. but that's kind of it. It's yeah. not like, it, and, and then, you know, Tyrion uses it to hold over right, Lancel's right. head to get information, but that's kind of it. In the books, it, I, there's more to it. I don't remember what it is. I can't okay. tell you. Well, call in she...
3: for a clan fam correction yeah, if, there you go. if you want to give us the, the lowdown. There you go.
1: Back out at the Lannister camp, Tywin finds out Rob has Jamie, which is not good news for the Lannisters, uh, that Joffrey has decapitated Ned, which is Barrett referenced, also not good news for the Lannisters.
3: Oh, yeah, this conversation is in this episode.
1: Yeah. Yeah, uh, whoops. All okay. the advisors okay. are torn over what they should do next. Tywin kicks them all out, but asks Tyrion to stay. Uh, says, I-, I always thought you were a stunted fool. Perhaps I was wrong. It's a big moment, bigger than even it's it seems to be at the time because, mm-hmm. as we know, Tywin despises Tyrion. Right. Uh, as we know, Tyrion eventually ends up being the one who kills Tywin. There's so much to their relationship, and yet this is the one, he is the one who he wanted to stay behind and advise him. Mm-hmm. And, wow. and then, as we find out, Tywin decides all of the Lannister forces are going to go regroup at Harrenhal. Uh, Sir Gregor is going to go do his thing in the Riverlands and rape and pillage yeah, again, and light fires I again. Because I, I thought he'd already been doing I, that. I think he already had bad place to be the Riverlands. Mm. but mm. And that uh, Tyrion is going to be sent to King's Landing to serve his hand of the king in Tywin's stead to bring Joffrey and Cersei to heal. And that is a crazy important task that Tywin is giving to Tyrion. Tyrion asks, why not my uncle? Why not anyone? Why me? And Tywin's response is you're my son, which is bizarre. He says you're no son of mine at multiple times, mm-hmm. things like that. It's just an it it's almost what I take it as is Tywin is such a piece of shit and such a bad guy at his core. He's using this. He knows he needs Tyrion here. He needs someone yeah. to go and do I mean, this. I role. think he
2: sees that Tyrion
1: could be good at is, it. Is
2: yeah. Is good at it. He's smart.
1: But he f- knows that. But even the fact he that him. he uses this "you are my son" to motivate him to do it yeah. and to be all in is sick. Yeah. Yep. And then he says, "In one more thing, you will not take that whore to court. Do you understand?" Which, as we know, the whore he's referring to uh, is Shay. Is Shay, and and he does take her.
2: He does. Things. He sure does. Yeah. She's a little bitch about it too.
1: I love like, her. She's so sassy.
2: She's. Oh my God! That's the like, queen of the crazy girlfriends. What are you embarrassed of me? Uh, you literally are a whore. Like, what's the, what's the issue? Like, why?
5: Yeah. Why are
2: you surprised right now?
1: She, yeah, it's weird. It's a weird question to ask as a prostitute. She's classy. She's sassy, and she's got assy. Ooh. Oh. Okay. <laughs> oh. Okay. <laughs> uh, across the narrow sea, Danny wakes up to Sir Jorah watching over her protecting her as she sleeps finds out her son did not live through the birthing process i hate that joke that i just made yeah you should hate <laughs> it i would I, I would say edit it out but i want you to suffer the consequences. that's like
2: very like sorority girl southern twitter account that was so <laughs> bad
1: that was so bad but i think I just, they say I, classy I
2: mean, sassy and a little smart assy that's oh what they yeah say yeah
1: that's yeah what yeah. Right. yeah that is what they, uh, that is
2: what they say yeah. yeah okay so you well, took no, a, a little southern m- sorority girl joke and made it worse <laughs>
3: <laughs> no Congrats. regret. No regrets no regrets what you say on the pod lives on the pod forever <laughs> but uh but yeah that wasn't that wasn't my best jorah informs
1: <laughs> danny he never lived my princess the women say they say the child was and the witch doctor interrupts uh says that he was monstrous twisted i pulled him out myself he was scaled like a lizard blind with leather wings like the wings of a bat when I touched him, the skin fell from his bones. Inside, he was full of grave worms. Mm-hmm. I warned you that only death can pay for life. You knew the price. Now, what What do we think about this? That's, that's she full
2: of shit? She's full of shit. I well, think it was a stillborn, but well, I don't think it was a lizard.
1: It is a interesting. Dragon. or Yeah. It mm-hmm. is interesting that the, the thing she's describing, scaled like a lizard, wings like the wings of a bat, leather, that, that's a, those are dragon characteristics. Right. Yeah, right. but
2: I don't think it was...
1: What actually happened? Yeah. we never find out. Yeah, we never saw the kid. This lady is not going to be alive much longer. It, but it's just interesting and obviously purposefully interesting. Yeah, uh, Danny comes out of her tent. The Calisar is all gone. They've all bailed. Um, as we know, they only follow strength. They don't see her as anything. And Drogo is. It's fucking still a sh-. little
3: bit of a. I, I th- they, they. It feels like they kind of bail out Danny here, though, because. In, like, the previous episode. And like, we're going to kill you the p- second yeah, he's they're gone. they're like, once he's gone. <laughs> it's a little weird. You don't mean shit to us. I, maybe because her son di- also dies. Maybe they know that and, like, she's no well, longer a also, threat to that them.
2: Not even re- isn't that, like, the, like, Cal or the Dothraki way to, like, kind of honor the widows and, like. Just send them off, and you don't, can't well, touch them. Yeah, up?
3: how about how about the whole thing about her
1: supposed to be going to vi- via Dothrak? Yeah. Yes. to live so, in like the yeah. with the other widow. Here's what I took it. Yeah. Here's what I took it as. We see that ceremony unfold in, in the penultimate episode, and it is fucked up what's going on. Like the, mm-hmm. the noises coming from that tent. Right, right, right. Intense I think screaming. they were just like, yeah. fuck this. We're, at, we're out. out. Yeah, okay. Like they're not going to hang around to deal with her or take her to be, to live with the widows of Viostothrak yeah. or any of that so shit. So they're just like, they're f- ducing, f- fuck all this. Yeah. Fuck this yeah. crazy witch doctor, yeah, evil blood right. magic. Yeah. We got to get out of here. Okay, all right. Um, we go see Drogo on this cliff. He likes the w- warmth. He's brain dead, basically. He's a shell God, of himself. So sad. He's just sitting there, emotionless, personalityless. Uh, Danny says, This is not life. When will he be as he was? And that witch says, When the sun rises in the west, sets in the east. When the seas go dry, when the mountains blow in the wind like leaves. Just, I get the witch doctor's motivation here. She says to Danny that three riders had already raped her before she was saved.
2: Yeah, but Danny didn't do that. She tried to help.
1: But, it's not about Danny. It's not it's, about you, right? It's about why the witch doctor hates these Dothraki so much and what her motivation was to do what she did. And it makes sense. But what doesn't make sense to me is the holding it over Danny's head. That's what I'm saying. When Danny was good to her and tried to be good to her, and and it is in a situation where she was forced into this life with these right, people, right? Right. That line when the sun rises in the west, sets in the east, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, just seems cruel. Yeah. And it's what results, in my opinion, in her getting burnt at the stake. Yeah, like, I'm, the I'm, I mean, this of r-
3: it. Yeah. This was uh, this was interesting because you're listening to to the Miri. Is it Miri? Miri something.
1: Yeah. Something is that like the witch's name? M e e r i. Think, yeah. I think. yeah uh,
3: and yet yeah, she's got a great. She does have a good point. Like, she took out the cow and the son of the cow because this like
1: way of life is is bad. Is right. bad. It's and, not and, good. Yeah, she uh, says he would have been the stallion that mounts the world. Now no nations will be trampled into dust. Like right. people won't die unnecessarily. No and, more right. slaves. and
3: for her Daenerys just by being part of the Khalasar is like kind of, you know, party to sure. that guilty way of by life. association, yeah. And I you know, I kinda thought about that as well because in the later seasons, I mean, you know, obviously like Daenerys is the breaker of chains and she's got the good heart and Wants to free the slaves and is is attempting to stop the raping and the pillaging, but she still does go back and get all the Dothraki eventually. I right. mean, like she's still yeah. kind of, but she's
2: making the rules. N- but once yeah, she maybe has, she's them.
3: setting setting up the. I guess once she, yeah, yeah. She At kinda, that point,
1: she has all the power. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
2: She's like, nah, we're not doing that so shit they, anymore. Yeah, but okay. I still want you to come fight for me.
1: I mean, on the whole, it was a big learning experience for Danny. This whole thing dealing with this witch doctor, totally, totally. Kyle with losing her son uh and it all plays a large part into her character and her good heart but also her well ruthlessness like sternness yeah exactly yeah. and yeah. the fact and at the end of the day for
3: her even if she understood the witch doctor's point it's like
1: yeah well you still murdered my husband and my kid so fuck you so so fuck fuck. Yeah. yeah for yeah. sure yeah 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 out at the wall John's gotten word of Ned's death and he wants to bail. He's he wants to go join up with Rob and and put a sword through King Joffrey's throat, and Sam's trying to convince him to stay. And John's like, "Fuck you, I'm out."
2: Sam is so cute in this. Scene. He's a, he's
1: such a good friend.
3: Oh, uh, my note is that he is the whiniest he's ever he been is, in this scene. But he's "LOL, like, what is that voice?" Was,
2: there was one <laughs> line where he's like,
3: "No, no, no," <laughs> like he. I don't know if they were directing him to like be. They were like, "No, no, 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 Whinier. winnier." <laughs> No, no, no! Be more of a bitch. <laughs> like, <laughs> but he's so sweet. Because him not trying trying to keep John inside the walls of of Castle Black is really just pathetic.
1: Didn't do a good job. No. John rides right through him with a horse. A little rude. Knocked him over. But uh, Sam Pip and Grin chase John down in the forest and convince him. Pip
2: and him, Grin are their names. Yeah. They sound like cartoon characters. Like the Pip one, like the, they Pip would be like the little animal
1: friends. Pip is the little skinny one, and Grin is the bigger grizzled one. Uh, their names match their description they do very well <laughs> very well and greg they they convinced John that why why he can't leave by repeating their entire oath to him altogether in this very moving scene um in in one way, saving his life at least for the time being by bringing him back because as they say he would have been chased down as a deserter they would have somebody would have found him somewhere and he would have been he would have been uh punished. As such. Out at the Lannister camp, Tyrion is preparing to go to King's Landing and is uh, telling Shay that she can't come because Tyrion... I mean, because Tywin has said he can't. This is a very short-lived bit of information he gives her because then he ends up taking her anyway.
2: She honestly... That's a very, like, she she's acting like a high school girlfriend. Like, in high school, I would have pulled that shit. I'd be like, are you kidding? Blah, blah, blah. Like, just grow up. What I just,
3: I just want to know, because I, I don't feel like we ever really learn, like, is this just an act right now because she wants to live that high life, or is she... Or does she like have him? Have feelings Or for does Tyrion. she like him, and then later I on, Tywin just kind of like... You know, insidiously like gets in there with was her, and, and I think she likes it, but maybe her. that's
2: kind of the point that like he, he can't tell the difference, we can't tell the difference. Like he's, yeah, he can never, he never knows if it's like for love or money. Right. That they stick well, there was him.
1: even a part in this episode, and I can't remember, in this scene maybe, where she says something related to Tywin that that made me question whether or not her, she actually had any loyalties to Tyrion, or it was just all about her moving on in up this in this episode yeah and, and you don't know what it was no I can't remember but as we know she ends up with Tywin at some point yeah. and mm-hmm. it just yeah that to me is very unclear with Shade throughout because yeah. it does seem there are times that she seems to love Tyrion but that's me, also most her most of the time that she yeah. does but and that's also her job right to sell right. him on that so it's very hard to know what actually was in her heart ever mm-hmm. uh, and that's what makes her character so fucking interesting um, back across the narrow sea again Danny bathes Drogo. But his dead face is, om- or his
3: veg- veggie <laughs> face is kind of funny. Veggie face?
2: Yeah, it is a little you funny. you call it
3: veggie face? Yeah, that's great. Uh, <laughs> like <she> he's <laughs> got the one eye like porting in the wrong direction. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's almost just
1: like a... It's it looks so like something sad. <laughs> I comedor. love him so Black much comedy.
2: and it's really sad to see him like that.
1: Yeah. yeah. Well, she's talking to him and she decides... She puts him out is, of the misery. This is not good. He can't live like this. Yeah. I got to... I gotta smother this dude. She smothers him with a pill gives him one last kiss, smothers him with a pillow like a mercy killing, and and drops the when the sun rises in the west and sets in the east, then you shall return to me, my sun and stars. Uh, the note I made was this scene must have been very hard to act for Jason Momoa, cause he just has to sit there with that face, <laughs>
2: yeah,
3: and
1: not move at all. The eye had to be. They had to put that in in post. I don't know, man. Maybe you he just that You can't do good. that with your eye. You gotta respect <laughs> Momoa. Respect him. At King's Landing, we get a little bit of interesting information about uh, Maester Pycelle. He, he, he's, he's having a post-sex conversation with Roz, the prostitute, about... Who
3: l- takes a literal horse bath in front of him.
1: Yes. Yes, she does, which seems unnecessary, <laughs> but okay. Scrubs the <laughs> vagina. Ew. Uh talking about <laughs> Arya, Arya Targaryen, I, I think. Is it Arya Targaryen? Aries Targaryen? Ares. Ares. Sorry. Ares. Um, I yeah. got a misprint here. He was... Uh, the Mad King. We, yeah, we get information about him. He was a good man, such a charmer. Maester Pycelle's talking about mental illness, how he watched him melt away before his very eyes, consumed by dreams of fire and blood, which mm. is important, as we know, because nobody knows... As show watchers solely soul watchers, we don't have any information about the Mad King other than what he did, and then now Pycelle telling us he was a good man, a charmer, and then he he fell into madness. Hmm. Uh, That this wasn't something he was—he wasn't always the Mad King, who Mm -hmm. was this fucking terrible asshole who wanted to set everyone on fire. Something happened, and it lends itself to that theory that at some point, perhaps he Hmm. was meddled with in some way by the Three Eyed Raven, perhaps that led him to madness. Because why would he just start having dreams of fire and blood? There's all these questions, yada, yada, yada. This is the first time that's kind of introduced. We also find out here that Picel is faking his old man bullshit, his yeah. crippled old man bullshit. Like it, He does it to appear non-threatening as part of his act, as his character, as the role he plays in, because he doesn't want to come off as more threatening to the kings or to Cersei or to anybody who could find him as a threat. Yep. And it's really bizarre... Because I don't think we ever see it again.
2: No, I don't think so either. And I, I always forgot. thought it
1: was going to come back into play.
2: And he, uh, he's just so disgusting.
1: Well, he What's like cracks his back and uh, every him, him
3: doing the little stretching, him doing his stretches, the little that whole thing where he like bounces up. Was and Was down it and, necessary
1: like, that his undergarments were see through? <laughs> I mean, it's uh, do one we
3: of need the... to see Pyssel's? He... One of the balls? funnier scenes of this entire first season. Yeah, it is. That we're we just saying. get like this little like frame up on him, him doing this little post-sex stretching. I mean, come on! That was yeah. funny. He's
2: so vile. Yes. Yeah, also, the, the other
3: thing, though, is that even if he's maybe he's right about the Mad King like falling into the sickness, but he also um, senses true greatness for King Joffrey. He's not so the I best. So I don't know how good of a judge of like yeah. character he
1: is. That's a very good point. That it does call into question whether or not Ares was ever right. charming a charming and or yeah. a good man because yeah. he's saying this about Joffrey, who has literally no potential in him at all. <laughs> uh, Littlefinger Little and Varys meet in the throne room and have one of their classic conversations where not a lot of information is, is given, but there's some good biting lines back and forth. Littlefinger questions, when they castrated you, did they take the pillar with the stones? To which Varys doesn't answer him, but... Um, there, there's,
3: there's some... Uh, my favorite exchange was Varys talks about, like, being the only man of something yeah and little finger retort is like well i imagine you're the only man in king's landing that's not a man yeah. or something <laughs> yeah. i love it just goes you can do better than that
1: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that yeah, was, was great. that was good it was a um, great exchange
2: i also think that's exactly what danny later asks i think miss and day about gray worm she was like so pillar and stones
1: Pillar Both. and stones. That's she the way they not
3: it? use Pillar and yes, stones. Yes, she does. does she? No way. Yes, she does. Huh.
2: I pr- I'm like almost positive it's her who later says it. I think to Miss Sunday. Uh,
1: do, do you think? You are correct. You are correct. When <laughs> the slavers castrate the boys, do they take all of it—the pillar and the stones? <laughs> wow. So that must be like
3: a, a Westeros uh, euphemism, mm-hmm. kind of mm-hmm. like twig and berries over here yes, uh, yes just over, like, over here. Berries. Mm-hmm. Man, I'm making all sorts of Austin Powers references.
1: <laughs> to you me. really? This is out of control. <laughs> this is the Austin Powers <laughs> episode. Um, so, uh,
3: okay, tell me if I read too much into this. Uh, Littlefinger says that he imagines Varys having a gash like yeah. a woman.
2: Yes, that's a gross. That's it g- is. And disgusting. then Varys
3: says something about do you stay up at night fearing my gash? Right. Well, You think this is about. I feel kind of like this is foreshadowing the rise of the women.
1: Yeah, you read too far into this. (laughs) Yeah, okay. (laughs) First of all, I don't think he actually has a gash. No, I doubt doubt that he does. And then. Gash is the worst of the words. It It really is. is, It is by far the worst. Axe wound and gas. Th- yes, are the worst. that's the other one I was yeah. gonna say is the other words. I feel like yeah. we've touched on this at some point. But I
2: think just in the office, not on oh, okay. this podcast. Yeah, those
1: I
3: are do ap- I mean, I just I yeah, I apologize to all the women out there that those are two euphemisms. They shouldn't
2: they're exist. They're not euphemisms, they're worse.
1: They shouldn't exist.
2: Vagina is a way better word than either of those things. Like, oh I,
1: yeah, I agree. Way
2: better. It's not it's the opposite of a euphemism. It's like a I don't know if there's a word for the opposite of euphemism.
3: Why is it? Dis, the, how is dis, it the opposite of because it's a, eufem-
2: wor- a euphemism? Is like oh, a nicer way a nicer to say something. Way to okay. say something.
1: Sure, yeah. sure, okay. Mm. Like okay. E- yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay.
2: Yeah, and this is a worse way to say it.
1: Yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: Still at King's Landing, Yorin tells Arya that she has to go by Ary now. Yorin really reached your old imagination Ari. there. It's like Harry without the H. Right. Ary. 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 Eri, the earth orphan boy, no one asks an orphan too many questions. We find out Joran has 20 recruits that he's gotten from the dungeons at the behest of Ned Stark. Uh, and uh, men and boys all bound for the wall, including Hot Pie, Jock and Hagar, and Gendry. And Hot Pie, what a cockney little bastard that mm-hmm. he is. He was a little bully at this point in his life. Instead of a nice baker. Yeah. yeah. He, he found, found his
3: calling. He, he hadn't really discovered did. his true passion yet. No, he had not, not yet.
1: Uh, Jack and Agar is, is hooded in the wagon. Man, I missed that. I totally missed it And again. Gendry is, uh, gives us the reasoning for why he's being sent to the wall, and it's kind of rude. And Gendry has
3: a choker on as well. He does. He's trying to bring one back. A he's leather choker. Back.
1: Uh, master got sick of him. <laughs> master got sick of him. That's yeah. the only reason he's being sent to the wall. He was a badass blacksmith for 10 years, and then one day his master said, no, but
4: th- but that's, that's fake. the real that's, reason. i sure because fake
2: he's Robert Baratheon's yeah. bastard, and he's trying to. And Ned save has set him. This all up, perhaps. I believe so.
4: Okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay.
1: I believe Ned
3: put in the word to Yoren that this, this guy needs guy to, go, to with go with
1: you. That yeah. makes a lot more sense than his blacksmith. Yeah. No, being I don't. Like, yeah. You know what, dude? You're great and all, but I'm ready for fresh blood. And no, here, because you're out.
3: even the blacksmith told Ned like how good this guy yeah, was. Yeah. That's true. Good point. Thank
1: you for correcting me. We, we don't even so need Correction a, a right setup. here that's on air. Yeah. That was, that was yeah. live. Live and in, in we concert. Did live. At the wall, Mormont reveals to John that he knows he tried to leave, but says if we beheaded everyone who ran away at night, there'd be ghosts guarding the wall. At least mm. you weren't whoring in Town. Honor made you leave. Honor brought you back. John's response is, my friends brought me back, and he says I didn't say it was your honor. Mm, this is very line. revealing about the Night's Watch because up until this point... We think it's all—you take it all at its word, uh, literally—that yeah. if you leave, you die. And we find out here that if, that's not necessarily the case. Like these dudes run off and go; they will break their vows, they go get whores. Mm-hmm. They, and if, as he says, if they killed everybody who bailed, they wouldn't have anybody to guard right. the wall in the first place. Right. Uh, Mormont references the wildlings combining of forces and tribes, which, as we know, is is an allusion to. Everything that's going on north of the Wall right now with Mance Raider. He is pulling together all these wildling tribes and creating this massive force to try to come south. He also says, uh, Mormont does, that outside of Eastwatch, four blue-eyed corpses were discovered. But fortunately, they had the wherewithal to burn them, unlike uh, them at, the, at Castle Black. And John finds out that he and the Night's Watch will be riding north of the Wall to find Uncle Benjamin, fight any wildlings or white walkers or whatever else awaits them. So, Mormont gives his speech right here and
3: a couple things about it. The the first part of the speech is about like, you know, do you want to go play play war? Right. With your with the stupid shit down south or yeah. do you want to focus on the war that that matters? And anyway, it, I thought that I thought it was he basically gives the speech. The speech that John has
2: gives to like give.
1: ten yeah. more times in later seasons. Yeah, this becomes very much a huge part of John's character. That exact yes sentiment. That yeah. this yes. is what matters. This is
3: what matters. The, the the
1: rest of this shit won't matter at all if this doesn't get taken care of. Exactly.
3: Right. And then, I, it was the only scene I've ever that I think ever happens like this in Game of Thrones. But Mormont starts giving the rest of the speech about. The White Walkers and what they're gonna go do, and it goes into montage style where they're like all getting ready. It's a and voiceover: like, it's yeah. Vo- yeah, it's voiceover, and it sounds exactly like the Optimus Prime voiceovers at the end of the Transformers movies.
1: <laughs> where it's, it's like,
3: then we're gonna find the Allspark.
1: Yeah, yeah.
3: Humans are safe because we defend the land. It's like I had to look up if Commander Mormont. Vo- did the voice for Optimus prime did he no <laughs> um but yeah there's like what you know we're gonna find uncle Benjen. we're gonna do this we're gonna do, it was it was really like I swear to god of, it was a list of tasks
1: yes it was straight out of transformers <laughs> uh, that's funny um so yeah that's the that's the setup for where everybody at the nights watch and mm-hmm. john are are going into season two. Then in the final, the closing setup of this entire season, back across the Narrow Sea again, Danny's going to burn Drogo. Uh, it's a funeral, Dothraki funeral, is what she's giving him here, and she's going to include the dragon eggs that, that Illyrio gave her as a wedding gift in in this fire, and they to, like stack them around his head.
2: Realistically, that is was dumb. It ended well, up it not being dumb to burn the dragon eggs.
1: Well, no, here's the thing and Jorah even suggests like she knew keep, what she was doing yeah she, 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 Jorah says keep the eggs sell them instead return to the free cities she but knew de- there was dragons in there no but she knows there's something about them that is special yeah and that they weren't given to her to sell there's some touch of destiny to all this she knows she's the dragon the daughter of the dragon the, right and she's as we've seen throughout this season had multiple moments where she feels some odd magical connection to these to eggs fire. Oh, yeah. To the eggs. And and yes, there's something Antify. that she can't be burnt. She's aware of that as well at this point, uh, at least on some level. And it, she's at rock bottom here. And Jorah takes that as she's going to commit suicide. That's what he thinks. And she's like, and he says, I won't watch you burn. She's like, is that what you fear? And she then knows. She, then, she yeah. g- then she gives Jorah a little taste of the good stuff. A little kissy on the cheeky. One
3: little... Sensitive yeah. little kiss there. Sunk for her
1: hooks in right there. You could <laughs> see it in his eyes. He was like, he was done. That was it. That was the final straw before he was fully on in love with her. But no, I do believe that she knew on some level
2: that they were going to s- turn into dragons. No,
1: not necessarily that. But that something was going to happen. She does
2: not.
3: I, she does not set that whole thing up and go into that fire and burn herself alive, knowing exactly what it all means or what's going to happen. Right. She okay. just yeah. has this like she knows something is happen. To yeah. G- to, to do, do it. this yeah, yeah. and okay. she even I agree with that part of I, I believe I believe that part of uh, her burning Miri there and she even says like I don't I, but I will hear you scream but that's not what I want all I want is your life right I think she's kind of doing the whole paying for life with death thing there mm-hmm. with the witch doctor absolutely yeah so now whether that's In you a, know the dragon's new life or kind of ooh, her being reborn
1: ooh bee. yeah there's a okay. shit's deep son yeah uh, so she binds Miri to the to the pyre with Drogo and the eggs. Uh, says only death can pay for life. Sets the fire. The witch starts off singing, but does end up screaming quite. Well,
2: why does she think she's not gonna scream?
1: she's trying to be a That's badass. So, yeah. she's like, yeah. uh, okay, but then honey. Uh, fire, fire, fire makes you scream. Yeah,
2: it doesn't feel good.
1: So she screaming. Danny walks into the fire like slow motion. Clothes catch fire. Very dramatic. The next day everybody wakes up and the fire is finally burnt out and uh Jorah and a couple of the closest, you know, uh Dothraki approach where Danny was and she's there like kind of balled up, covered in soot mm-hmm. with Little naked with, naked with her three dragons that have been born as a result of this fire. And she stands up, we get some boobs, everybody bows to the boobs. And some screeching. We we'll get some dragon
3: and screeching.
0: Some
4: <coughs>
1: little
2: dragon crying. A lot of <coughs> lot of seasons born. There's
1: a lot of episodes <laughs> of the show that end with that screeching, and I love them all. <laughs> the, that's my favorite way to end. A, a, well, yeah, and this is baby dragon screeching, which is crying. arguably the Dude, cutest. we get of all. we get that exact same ending later. And I, I believe it's when her dragons get taken from her. Mm. Uh, mm. Maybe in season two, but it, there's another episode that credits start rolling, and you still hear like they're... <coughs>
5: Oh my
3: god!
1: <laughs> <laughs> At this point, they're a lot like the little baby Velociraptor in Jurassic I've Park. Ju- yes, I'm just about to say and, that, and, yeah. I, and I'm a big fan of that. Yes, big fan of that. Yep. So this is where the season
3: ends, or like when the, in the in the original Jurassic Park, where the little where they the egg cracks. That's what I'm talking That's what you're about. You're talking about yeah, okay, yeah.
1: okay, yeah. Yeah. yeah,
0: yeah. Hey, little fella. Yeah,
1: yeah. This <laughs> is where this is where the season ends. So we've got John headed north of the wall. Danny's just giving birth to three dragons. Everybody's freaking out. This is where. Uh, where we're going to pick up on Monday. Uh, oh, it's
2: so nice not to have to wait a whole year. We
1: can do whatever we want until
3: we the got, next like, season. This was a fantastic finale, by the way. Oh, so
2: good. Oh, remember when YouTube bozos could remember what happened?
1: Yeah. Okay, so let's talk about that. Yeah, we can talk about it. I, I know. Ross, that at Ross the is end experiencing
2: of season- the shame that he should, and you're like trying
3: to. No, because I know that at the end of season one. Danny has her dragons. I forgot. What I, what I did not remember is anything that happened during this episode. Not
1: the end of it.
2: No, you guys did not remember this I scene. Dead
1: yes, serious, I, dead serious, did not remember the final scene, <laughs> did not remember anything that happened in this episode, and in hindsight should have remembered most of it.
3: I am being completely blinded by hindsight right now, and I am convinced that I do remember that there <laughs> were dragons at the end of this episode. Fair enough. I do not I I I am admitting that I had no clue what happened during the episode.
1: We've got some calls to get into, so okay. we're going to do that. Uh, 866-43-CLAMS, again, is our hotline number. Micah, hit
0: it. Hey, what's up, guys? Just wanted to say I'm all caught up now. I just listened to a bunch of y'all's podcasts. And wrote, uh, Stranger Things sort of set me back, but I haven't forgotten about my oath. Uh, a few points I wanted to make. Number one, I got beef with Ned. Let me tell you why. What Jorah is to Barrett is what Arya is to me. So if you're Ned and you're gonna go in there and try and dethrone the king with just a note, you need to make sure your daughters are safe. Arya's only alive because um of Sirio, which R. I. P. great character, and Sansa was with that nun lady just strolling about the hallways bitching about Arya. <laughs> I mean, like what's going on? Why didn't Ned take care of them? I mean, Sansa and Arya had arguably the most brutal character arcs, if you're excluding Theon. I mean, dick off, whatever you want to call him. And it's essentially because of this. Like, Ned did some dumb shit, but in my opinion, this might have been the dumbest. Um, let me get y'all's take on that. Uh, just interesting little thing I picked up on there after the rewatch. So, love you guys. See you soon. It is an interesting point.
2: That's a great point. Because he could have easily just sent their asses home. Well, in the
1: chaos of everything going on, when Ned does start to prepare, like he's attempting to get his daughters and his family out of there. Mm-hmm. But it's a really weak attempt. And you think in the meantime, like while all those preparations are being made, at the very least, you would pull both of your daughters into your presence, like in your office or with you or whatever. Like, why are they still just kind of wandering about the castle doing their yeah. thing? Like, this is a very dangerous situation. Anyway. Ned Ned falls apart at the end. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't take care of any of his shit. He makes pretty much every wrong decision you can, in the in the in his final days. So, this just fits in with all that. Any other commentary? I, I mean,
3: it, it, the fact that Ned believed that anybody would do the right thing is
1: is tells you everything you need to know right, about exactly. Ned. Right? Exactly. Yeah.
3: That's you know that. Yeah. If anything, he was he was not preparing as well as he should have been because he didn't because, see because he couldn't foresee how bad that outcome.
1: Was. Yeah, yeah. All right, next call.
7: Hey, clam fam, it's Leah. I was just wondering. Uh, of course, everyone's seeing the pictures of Jason Momoa hanging out with Jon Snow squad. I was wondering, do y'all believe that he's just? visiting the cast and hanging out or do you think this is a callback to Danny's trip to the house of the undying where she's tripping her balls on uh okay thanks y'all
1: have a good week bye for those who are unaware there have been a lot of social media posts as of late some of which you would see if you follow us at Oysters Clams Cockles on Instagram of Jason Momoa the actor who plays Khal Drogo with Amelia Clark. With Kit Harrington, with the I don't know what they're doing if they're filming they're like some other right filming now. some other movie. Is Amelia Clark somehow in the Aquaman shit involved no, in any yeah, of that? No. Well, I don't know what they're doing together, but it's fishy. It's a bit and fishy. so far, the explanation is that he's just you know went back to see his peeps, or or maybe he was uh, there. Uh, the
3: the uh. Justice League Squad is doing all sorts of, like, global press right now. Okay. So they could have been in the same city that...
1: Yeah, he's just
2: abroad, so he's, like, saying hey. Yeah. Perhaps.
1: Um, Or perhaps he'll make an appearance in season eight. Yeah.
3: Now, I mean, that's not the craziest thing I've ever heard.
2: Nah. Nah.
3: Be tight. I'd be down.
2: Oh, I would let... What would she do? What would we do if Drogo came back? Though okay, whoa, Who do we whoa, root whoa, for? whoa, whoa, whoa,
1: whoa, Drogo Drogo's not coming back. back. Sh- yes. Yeah. Sh- sh-
2: theoretically, this would de- this would, would have to be for? this would have to be some kind Drogo of vision. Drogo or Jon Snow?
1: Jon Snow. That's an insane hypothetical. I refuse to even answer it.
2: God, it's so hard.
1: No, I mean, I love I, I love my
3: I love my boy Kyle, but you know, it's over for you, bro. Yeah. Also, he was like the leader of a bunch of rapists. So true. That true. <laughs> That's true. Next call.
7: What's up, clam fam? This is Molly. Just calling with some uh, some Game of Thrones shower thoughts. Um, so my question or thought was: If the Dothraki follow whoever is the strongest, and right now they're following um, Danny, what happens? I mean, the theory is we don't think both her and Jon Snow. So hypothetically, if she dies. Do the Dothraki follow Cersei? Are they just free agents again? Do they follow Jon Snow? Uh, what do you think? And my second thought is I really think HBO should be giving you guys some money because my HBO account would be long canceled by now. But thanks to the night's rewatch, I'm still paying that $15 a month. So just some thoughts. Uh, let me know what you think. Bye.
1: Cut the fucking check. You hear that, HBO? Cut the check, HBO. To answer your question about the Dothraki, I think that ship has sailed. They are yeah. no longer.
2: I think their rules are. She's just changed all the they rules. They have
1: changed Dothraki. Yeah. She has changed Dothraki culture forever. She yeah.
3: has. When she burned up that, Vice Dothraki Oh yeah. Hut.
2: They were like and killed all the cows... Well, fuck everything th- we used to think.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah 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 yeah. She changed the rules is gone. She uh she flipped the script.
0: Yeah, as they say,
1: as they say. Flippy. Next call.
0: Hey, what's going on? This is Ethan from California. Uh, just a quick question for y'all. What do you guys think would have happened if Ned did not get decapitated and was sent to the wall with John? How differently do you think the show would have played out? How do you think things would have went down? Just want to hear your thoughts. Thanks. Peace.
1: This is sillier than the if Khal Drogo came back <laughs> hypothetical. It,
2: like wouldn't have, it wouldn't be a show.
1: Yeah, it would have just destroyed... I mean, I have no
3: it wouldn't idea. Be a show. Well, let's, let's walk through it. Okay. okay. Uh, Joffrey says... I accept your apology. Mercy. You can, you can now go to the wall. You're, in fact, you're leaving with in right now to live out your days on the wall. To live out your days on the wall, go up there. Okay. I would. I would now. Okay.
1: Uh,
2: Arya goes home.
3: Man, I'm thinking like. Ru- yeah, no,
2: no. What I
1: would work. assume would happen There's is nothing... they would start to go to the wall and, and do an air quotes and then stop in Winterfell, like regroup, join the war against join the Lannisters. W- yes, yeah, exactly. And, and yeah. all hell would have broken loose. Stuff. Yeah,
3: that Rob Stark is 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 on the move. Yeah, he's on already the, he's, he's on the offensive. The war is in process. They let, they take Ned Stark back up to the wall. Boom! Ned Stark's joining up with the with the uh, with the war forces. Yeah, what yeah, reason I think would Ned's he have
2: gonna, at that point? advise they join up with Renly, don't you think? Or you think they're still going to try to get their independence? No, okay.
3: Now maybe maybe them giving Ned back, giving the daughters back, m- maybe then we get the scenario where they're like, okay, here's how we're going to end this. Y- you you people go take the n- take go ahead and take the North. It, there's no way Ned was going to the wall. No. He was going to die. Because then because but then honor, because then
2: He Rob, was going to do what he says.
3: Mm,
1: maybe mm. I, I don't know. We can't walk down this whole trail. It's yeah. too impossible. It's too, f- yeah. Yeah. It's too yeah. much. Next too many call. variables. Next call.
7: Hi, Clam fam. This is Taylor uh, from Phoenix, Arizona. Uh, I just had a question I was thinking about after this week's episode. You guys mentioned in the scene where um, Tyrion, Shay, and Braun were all sitting around drinking, playing a game, and Braun had mentioned how he had been north of the wall for work before. And I was just thinking, I was like, well, what is it that he does for work? I know we were first introduced to him when he was, um, back at the inn when Catelyn kind of, uh, called for all of her bannermen to help her kind of seize Tyrion, and then he just kind of went with him at that point, but I was like, is he part of, like, the Umbers bannermen, or was he just happening to be in the inn, passing by for other work, and just decided to join in, and grab him, and go, um, I didn't know if at one point we ever found out what he was, or not, prior to, um, helping grab, uh, Tyrion, and then just being Tyrion's, like, little buddy after that. So I was just wondering if you guys knew or could find that out for me. That'd be awesome. Um, much love from a fellow clam to another one. You guys are doing awesome. Look forward to this each week. All right, thanks. Bye.
1: So Braun is just a sellsword. He's
7: just,
2: yeah.
1: Through and through. He so no, just
7: had a job up there.
1: But I am dying to know what this job would have been north of the wall. Yeah. Who would have paid him to go north of the wall? What that would have entailed, it, because it, th- think about it: who would have had an errand for him to run north of the wall? Yeah, like maybe somebody from the Night's Watch. Maybe like one of those weird situation. What, what's the name of the guy who has like the ton of daughters, one of which ends up yeah, being yeah, taken uh, by Craster? Uh, oh, Craster, Craster. Maybe oh. Craster needed an errand. Well, okay,
3: wait. So when they do take Tyrion, though, and then they they go off to the Vale. That is a good question, though. He just kind of jumps into that group. Yeah, there's nobody like, hey, what, do, who, who are, are you? you? Who, do, who do you know here? Yeah. <laughs> no, he just jumps into the group. And then he's just like chilling in the veil inside the castle, and still nobody's like, been, who is this I guy? I think the agreement... And then he just jumps in, and he's like, I'll fight for point. Tyrion, and they're like, wait, what the fuck?
1: I think the agreement... I think he is paid to be part of that yeah, crew I think so. to transport Tyrion. Okay. Is what happens. But the question of what the hell he was doing north of the wall, if that exists somewhere out there, somebody please call us. Because here's another thing. Whenever you have a question like this about a character as a, as a show watcher, the odds are there is a very much crazy amount of detail and history about that character online that does not exist in the show and sometimes even in the books. Yeah. So, I don't know. I bet you could find out more about Braun if you wanted to. You know what's a real shame? I'll tell you what's a damn shame. Tell us. That
3: Braun was not able to get connected with the uh, the Suicide Squad north of the wall. It Wouldn't is. he have been a fantastic addition to that oh, band yeah. of heathens? Oh. He fit in oh, yeah. with those dudes perfectly. God, he
1: would have had a grand old time. Instead, he's stuck down there saving Jamie's ass. Yeah. All right, two more.
6: What's up, Clan fam? Josh from Nebraska here, and I just made a list of 14 Harry Potter characters who crossed over to Game of Thrones. Um, first off, we'll start with Professor Slughorn, who played Archmeister Ambrose. Hermione's mom, also Catelyn Stark. Nymphador Tonks, played Osha. Osh- Argus Flinch, who was Walder Frey. Aberforth Dumbledore, also played Mance Rayder. Cormac McLagan was also on Tarly. The voice of Aragog, who's that giant spider thing, um, was played by Grandmaster Picel. Madame Maxine, who's actually a man, played a White Walker, the Mountain in Season 2, and one one the Giant. Bob, who was Mr. Weasley's coworker, played the Spice King. Uh, Draco's friend um, was the Night's Watch member who was killed in the first episode of the first season. <laughs> one of the Carrow twins was Dagomer Clefjaw, who was a Greyjoy man who killed Meister Ma- uh, Lewin, the owner of Borgin and Burps was a protester in season two. The librarian at Hogwarts was a bravosi woman in season six. And the skinny and a skinny ministry wizard was Lother Frey. Uh, that's all I got for you guys. Keep partying like Tyrion and slaying like Daenerys. Peace.
3: Oh, wait. Mance Rayder played
1: Dumbledore? Boom. No, he played Dumbledore's brother. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs> that was huge. Huge <laughs> yeah. call there. Well Thank done. you. Well done. Well done, sir. Next
5: up Clam fam, it's Dan from North Carolina. Uh, I was re listening to uh the night's rewatch Baylor, and you mentioned the scene about how Rob has to send his mom in to barter with Walter fred to get across twins at that river. And I was wondering why does he have to do that? Is the geography of Westeros such that you have to cross that river to get south because the White Walkers we know can't go over water so if that river divides all of westeros and rob need to cross the river at the twins then that would logic would say the white walkers would have to cross uh that river at the twins as some sort or they just can't cross it and you just go south and you're safe so does that mean that the final war happens north of in the north like at winterfell or i don't know. give me some uh idea of what's going on there thanks guys love in the rewatch bye
1: Another question that was posed to us was, was, why doesn't he just build a bunch of boats and move his men across? And I guess it's because there's too many men. It would take a shit ton of boats, maybe. Yeah, I mean, how would you? Yeah, but well, okay, wait, but the twins is like it's like a bridge, right? Yes, there's like a, a stronghold on
3: each side. Okay, is so what it looks like to me. Right, right, right. So the White Walkers can't just go across the bridge. Yeah, and that's think absolutely that would, what's going to happen.
1: Think that would be the answer to the
3: question. <laughs> yeah
1: they will just kill
3: everybody kill in the it, castle yeah. and yeah. walk across the fucking right, bridge. Well, they have I think unlimited numbers and don't die. I think die. his
1: point kind right. of is like, okay, well, do a uh, the end of uh saving private Ryan, bomb the bridge. Sure, sure. You know what I mean? Mhm. Mm-hmm. But then and I don't know, we it, it's still some up in the air shit about White Walkers and water. Okay. Because think about it. Somebody had to go down and put those chains around that dragon. Right. We still right. don't know what right. happened. Yep. Uh the question is poised, do they cross water? And John says no. The question's asked But no, by they Neuron. don't swim, right? No, they don't swim or whatever. So he's like, all right, peace. I'm going to pretend to bail to the Iron Islands. There's there's just a lot here that we don't know yet, I don't think, the full. Because how are they going to cross water? At some point, you'd think they have to. I, I don't know. If there was no bridge, say. Yeah. I don't know. Because they, they don't do boats when they're at hard home.
2: Maybe they just get take multiple dragon trips.
1: A shitload of them? I don't know. Anyway. That's it for the hotline calls. Again, our number is 86643CLAMS. We will be back on Monday to talk about the first episode of Season 2. It's called The North Remembers, written by Benioff and Weiss, and directed again by Alan Taylor, who also did the final two episodes of Season 1, which we just talked about. He's done three more episodes of Season 2, including the finale. And episode six of season seven, titled Beyond the Wall. Man, AT is just killing the game. AT, nice. AT is one of the OGs <laughs> yeah, of yeah. Game of Thrones. It needs to be respected as such. Follow me on Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat at wrbolin. Follow Veronica on the first two at Veronica Ruck and the last one at VMRuck. Follow Barrett on all of them at Barrett Dudley. Follow us, the podcast, on Instagram at Oysters, Clams, Cockles. Follow us on Twitter at Clams and Cockles, like us on Facebook.com slash Oysters Clams Cockles. 866 clams is our hotline number. We would very much appreciate it if going into Season 2, you guys would put the word out with your friends, other people who watch the show. Even if, for, for whatever reason, if you want to be a half-assed N- Nights Rewatch member, you don't necessarily have to watch all the episodes with us. They're still good to listen to the podcast and get a refresher on what happened.
2: You could do this at any time.
1: And you can do it at any time. But bring your people on board. Let's grow this bitch. Get some recruits out of the dungeons for season two. And, uh, again, it's starting on Monday. The North remembers. Go to grandexshop.com OCC to get some shirts. We will have the Night's Rewatch shirt up as soon as possible. Go to iTunes. Subscribe if you haven't already. Leave us a five-star rating if you haven't already. Write a review if you haven't already. Mention the night's rewatch. Talk about the regular show that goes on during the seasons. We would very much appreciate it. Uh, check out manoutfitters.com, rowdygentleman.com. We've got great deals coming Cyber Monday and Black Friday on both of those sites. Huge part of what we do here at Grand X. Check out Grand X Lab. Subscribe to that. Check out Backdoor Cover, my sports podcast that I host with Dylan Chivary. Uh That's it. We'll be back Monday. We did it. Season one, the night's rewatch. This is a milestone, quite an accomplishment. We appreciate everybody who's along for the ride with us. Just a great show we're watching here, huh? Got to protect the realm, baby. How about the how about that game
3: of the thrones? Of, of, thrones. of thrones? Game of Thrones? We'll be back Monday. I'll Peace. Be.